Hello everyone, welcome to Meet Your Candidate. My name is Christina Navis and I'm one of the co-administrators for SLPs of Color on Instagram. We're an inclusive community for students and professionals of color in the fields of speech pathology and audiology. And today's candidate is Dr. Valeria Matlock. She is joining us today as she is going to answer some questions about her candidacy for Vice President of Audiology and Ethics, correct, in audiology? Yes, um, and actually it's spelled Valeria, but it's Valerie. I know it's weird, but it, um, Valerie Matlock, and I am running for Vice President for um, Ethics and Standards in Audiology. And I am a professor at Tennessee State University. It's the HBCU here in Nashville. I've been, this is, I'm going into my 26th year there, um, but I've been an audiologist for about 35 years. Um, and so, um, but I've been involved with ASHEN the last several years and I've really enjoyed it. So I was really excited for this opportunity to serve again. Great, thank you so much. And thank you for correcting me too. Um, you and I, <laughs> you and I were talking briefly before we started recording and I had mentioned that audiology is a field that I don't think is promoted uh, very well to our students. And, um, and so again, even me trying to say, you're running for vice president of standards and ethics in audiology, I'm like, of course I would mess that up, which is so unfair to your profession, my apologies. No worries. So Dr. Matlock, if I can ask you some questions. Um, the first, you had mentioned that you're a professor um, at Tennessee, and I wanted to know if you can uh, expand a little bit more on your experience in engaging colleagues and students and how you will carry that with you as you serve in a national capacity. Okay, um, actually, um, TSU is, is my alma mater. Um, I graduated when we briefly had a uh, master's program in audiology. I was their first student um, and I taught the last student and only lasted about 10 years. Um, I graduated and worked at the Vanderbilt Bill Wilkerson Center for nine years and then came back to TSU. And I've really enjoyed it because I get to work with students that are interested in communication sciences and disorders. Um, we have an undergraduate and a graduate program. Um, so it's been really um, the change um, in in the in the field over the years. In our in our undergraduate program, we did have when I first first ten years a good number of students um, of color that were. Um, in our program, and as the years go by, I'm seeing less and less um, students. Um, actually, the university is, you know, contemplating whether to hold on to our undergraduate program. I just, I think that um, the word is not out for um, junior high, middle school students to know about um, fields in communication sciences and disorders, um, speech language pathology, and audiology. Um, and so students that actually come into our undergraduate program um, maybe knew about a speech therapist in a school but never uh, had an encounter with the audiologist. And so, um, and I hadn't thought about it until uh, you approached me before, 
but I, over the years, I, I was very aware of being like the only one that I saw um, another audiologist and not thinking about introducing myself to someone and that might be their first encounter with number one an audiologist first and and then a black audiologist i think the last time i looked we're less than two percent of asha membership um and so i was very i guess as i've gotten older um that's not something that i think about constantly maybe the way i did when i was younger um, but I'm certainly um, aware of it when I'm at conventions or professional meetings or just when a patient comes in to see, um, to see me. I also, in addition to teaching, I have a free audiology clinic um, and I see patients and it serves um, the Middle Tennessee area. And so um, those that are marginalized and underserved are, at, um, are able to get audiological services free from birth to geriatric so I think I'm still a clinician at heart I, I love seeing my patients um, it's difficult trying to juggle um, classes and patients but um, I think that's one thing that has been important for students to see also is one thing having um, a professor of color that's an audiologist for, the, for them to be able to see the clinic see um, and see us working it's good. I, I would just like um, to get the word out um, better for both professions. Um, and I'm not sure what's happened over the years in terms of um, the number of students we're seeing at our university. I'm not sure if other programs are seeing a decline um, in applicants of color, even for our graduate um, program, we've seen a decline in speech language pathology. Thank you. You mentioned the demographics for audiology and according to ASHA's 2019 demographics data, it stated that only 8% of members, both speech pathologists and audiologists are people of color, which is significantly lower than the census demographics for the US. So my next question is in your position as vice president of standards and ethics and audiology, how will you support the recruitment and retainment of diverse students and clinicians? I'm, I hope that first, just being visible, having to see someone um, that looks like you in the position that you might be interested in um, is always, I think, encouraging for um, students. But I hope to, as part of my duties, um, if I'm invited to different conferences or um, when I'm um, at ASHA conferences or doing um, interviews or um, podcasts that I can um, recruit students um, to both fields, um, speech pathology and audiology. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I'll have that opportunity to do that in, the, in this position. Um, now with the uh, COVID epidemic, I'm not sure how, what that's going to look like um, in terms of conferences and meetings and um, getting the word out. Um, but perhaps I can, we can be 
um, creative about that. I think even the slate of candidates um, overall this year is very diverse um, for ASHA, so I was very excited to see that too. Um, but I always leave my door open, even at um, work, students know that they can come to me at any time uh, for whatever reason, and I hope to keep those doors open for students that um, if, if they contact me that I can give them um, information about the field, um, answer their questions about the field, um, and hopefully, um, really, I think it's really important to see, to be able to see someone that looked like that looks like you. When I uh, first got started, I went to ASHA conventions. I would literally count um, how many other audiologists that looked like me. And one convention, I got to five, and I was excited. Out of thousands and thousands of people, um, I'm not sure if that's something I kind of I fell into the profession. So it wasn't that I knew an audiologist or um, was able to um, work with one. Um, but I'm hoping that if I am able um, to represent in that position, um, that I'm able to reach out to students um, in undergraduate programs and hopefully even younger. I think that when you're looking for a major or thinking about a career, it really needs to start even early in high school before you even get to um, undergraduate program and to also promote science, the science that goes behind both of our fields. And I think that's a stickler for our um, students um, that are interested. They may not realize how science-based the um, field is. And I think that's one thing that uh, we need to get the word out about um, that too. Thank you. You had mentioned COVID-19 and, and we're in, you know, shelter in place in many states still during, uh, at the time of this recording. And the shelter in place has drastically changed our profession and will continue to do so in the foreseeable future. My next question is, how, in you, how can you in your role and as a representative of our organization provide meaningful support to members as we navigate the unknowns of this pandemic? Um, well, if I have the opportunity to be in a position, I think right now um, both professions are struggling with um, not only patient delivery, um, but whether um, it's telepractice, um, supervision, or mentorship, or um, with telepractice will be um, something that uh, I'm sure CFCC um, is looking at now with CAA. Um, and so trying to navigate the standards as they're written now to make sure that we're able to follow those, to make sure that we're able to stay within the limits of um, ethical practice um, will be crucial um, because we're, we are, we're venturing out there in um, uncharted waters. Um, most professions are, so it, it will be. Um, challenging. Uh, and I think it does add um, another element to um, the work that um, hopefully I'll be able to do in this position. Thank you. A few more questions. 
Can you expand on your leadership style and how you will get stuff done if elected as vice president of standards and ethics and audiology? Um, I think I'd explain, describe my leadership style as first a listener. I think it's really important to listen um, and to gather um, as much information as you can, particularly in a meeting um, setting um, and that the leader is not um, monopolizing the conversation. It's the leaders um, actually is more effective if they are a listener and they're facilitating the conversation. And so I'm very, very careful about that. And while I'm listening, trying to get an idea of what that person's um, feelings are behind the statements that they're making so that um, I can, it'll help me facilitate and maneuver um, the discussion. And so um, I would, yes, I would, that's how I would describe my leadership, my leadership skill is, is to um, more of a facilitator, um, a quiet facilitator um, during meetings, yeah. Thank you. My last question is, what is your vision for this position and how will you execute that vision if elected? I think um, we're in a unique era where truth um, is not appreciated. Um, we're questioning facts, we're questioning what's real and not and what's not real and so I, I think it's going to be crucial for our professions to be very in tuned with our ethical standards um, and with our um, um, certification standards um, so that we are um, promoting accurate information we are providing accurate information and services to our clients and patients, um, the same to our students, um, all of those um, um, people that we affect, that we um, maintain um, the truth. Um, and I, 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 I think that's, it's, 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 it's so, um, unnerving that we're questioning even science and that's what our fields are based on and so we have to make sure that we stay focused on who we are um, we're scientists and um, and that we don't stray along with um, societal changes that we're seeing. I'm, I'm hoping um, that this doesn't infiltrate our culture um, long lasting, but I think that's one thing that is really important uh, for us to um, stay focused on um, um, in terms of ethics and standards. So I would really like to see, to make sure that um, audiologists and speech pathologists um, 
stay out of that we're able to maneuver the muddiness of things and that we're able to see in black and white um, what we are um, called to do and how we can best serve um, our constituents, our patients, our students um, in this really kind of interesting, surreal time. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Matlock, that was the last of my questions. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to um, not only speak with me, but also to run for a position like this to continue to serve our profession. Um, and for our listeners and followers, if you are an audiologist, you can vote for um, Dr. Valerie Matlock for Vice President of Standards and Ethics in Audiology. And voting is open now until June 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's noon Pacific Standard Time. Dr. Matlock, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate your support. Thank you.